Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. Hello everyone. (laughs) The big topic after the race at Baku, the radio ban. And my God, Lewis Hamilton has managed to blame his bad performance on something else. Again. Mithila, if you are going to start a new episode of the podcast accusing Lewis Hamilton, we have probably lost 78% of our listeners by now. (laughs) But to be honest, you know, whether Hamilton pushed the radio clamp down or not, it is back in the spotlight. And, you know, we've said this before, there are some absolutely stupid rules that exist in Formula One, like the ban on helmet design change, uh, the radio clamp down as well is stupid, you know, and all of this exists when we have stupider rules and applications like the DRS very much there. I mean, talk about priorities in Formula One. <laughs> Gunal, you're right. The radio ban is unfair to drivers. So they have to race and pretend to be high-tech engineers at over 300 kilometers per hour. Talk about multitasking. <laughs> and that too, when today's cars are now like spaceships, as Fernando Alonso said. Yes, you know, we got to talk about Alonso and the Baku city circuit because he's their ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this quote that Lewis Hamilton made, where he said that I might not finish the race because I'm going to try changing everything. I hope I sounded as frantic as him. But trust Lewis Hamilton to make even his inability to find the right engine mode sound heroic. They should make a movie on him. (laughs) Maybe, you know, and just maybe Hamilton should have changed everything. And maybe that would have made Baku more interesting. But to be honest, Baku was interesting for me. And for a change, Toto Wolff agreed with me as well. (laughs) But you know what? The radio ban doesn't extend to Snapchat. You know where I'm going with this. Now, all Lewis Hamilton has to do is figure out how the hell do you Snapchat at 300 kilometers per hour? You know, you know, the dashboard on their steering wheel, the one that kept flashing in Baku, he's going to turn that into a mobile phone one day, which will enable selfie camera mode, I guess, you know. Although I must admit, the radio messages in Baku seemed like drivers were asking for tech support to a call center and they were being informed that their warranty had actually expired. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about the race. It was a very interesting race. And I have to say this. Well done, Azerbaijan. You mean, <laughs> you mean well done, Baku, I hope. <laughs> yes, they delivered a very exciting race. And for once, the excitement was due to the racing and the strategy that was being played out, you know, rather than on-track incidents or changing weather for that matter. And the radio, let's not forget. But, but I will also say well done, Flavio Priatori. <laughs> 
he's gone and taken credit for the race like wow i am not even surprised but wow he claims that bernie didn't even know where azerbaijan was on the map and that's not so hard to believe <laughs> yes i think they've all gone wrong with the map and trying to find where in europe azerbaijan is <laughs> i am still confused why azerbaijan which is technically located in both europe and asia gets to be called the european grand prix you see this is formula 1 money can buy anything <laughs> not just a racing seat <laughs> but this is a brilliant way for azerbaijan to grab some share of the european tourism market <laughs> and during the race the drivers behaved themselves on track we had no safety car period you know there were people betting for up to 5 safety car periods during the race and to be honest maybe the fact that there wasn't a safety car period added to what people are calling the universal boredom of racing in <laughs> azerbaijan although i disagree well i am glad that there were no accidents at the race because the city of baku is so historic it has castles and centuries old architecture it's like a un heritage site <laughs> and just imagine if you have formula 1 cars crashing into those heritage sites we would have some very angry historians <laughs> but you know they are already talking of baku as a night race i mean i just wonder what about those pretty castles you know will we get to see them and if they really want to improve the race let's listen to what our race winner had to say he said please ask them to build toilets first ouch kunal are you sure those were actually castles or maybe they were just giant real life printouts of castles <laughs> <laughs> i know where this is coming from <laughs> maybe next year they'll make printouts of toilets as well <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper toilet on paper ah <laughs> Nico Rosberg good job whoo he drove home in P1 leading from lights to the flag he got the grand slam pole fastest lap race win good job i guess good job for a change you know he had <laughs> three races where he wasn't doing a good job but very crucially i must bring to light so he had a helmet change not a design change but a helmet change he changed a manufacturer and that's what lewis hamilton's fans are going to be blaming uh for his return to form as well because he used the manufacturer lewis was using all these years which means he's not just copying <laughs> car setup he's also copying helmet manufacturers <laughs> this was nico rosberg's first ever win in an inaugural grand prix you mean his first ever first ever statistic is it <laughs> yes that too but i'm more interested in talking about lewis obviously i mean he struggled to work his way up the field i was honestly hoping and so possibly mercedes hoping for a one two but of course it isn't lewis's fault the qualifying mishap obviously the sun is to blame <laughs> and, and that damn wall that damn wall was just in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> and sunday's slow pace was caused by mercedes themselves so apparently before the race started the team had his engine mode in the incorrect preset and of course during the race they couldn't help him correct the preset because of the radio ban but nico rosberg he had the correct preset talk about conspiracy theory mm. but given that he's not so smart a driver he actually went to the incorrect mode in the race 
and suddenly <laughs> lightning struck you know struck him and he became smart and he went back to the correct mode so i don't know where this whole incorrect <laughs> mode story from mercedes and lewis hamilton is going it just makes mercedes look stupid <laughs> <laughs> but interestingly enough the team has said that lewis lost only 0.2 seconds a lap over 15 laps and my math is usually bad but that equates to around 3 seconds due to the incorrect engine mode but they, i think they also were trying to say that the rest of the time was lost because lewis was busy distracted trying to fix his engine mode but interestingly enough so more conspiracy theories lewis hamilton has been very busy in the week leading up to baku i'm not surprised and he did not complete the baku track walk and he did only 8 laps in the simulator as against rosberg who did almost 90 now whether that had or didn't have any bearing on his performance i am not saying last week we had the episode where we said the paddock is conspiring to make lewis hamilton world champion again and all thanks to you who chose the title we got a lot of brick bats for it and i am sorry <laughs> but that was only because people were reacting to the title anyway I don't know if Lewis was really parting in the week leading up to Baku. I mean, at least there weren't pictures on social media. So we can't really pinpoint what affected his performance. <laughs> in other news, I am very excited about this. Lewis Hamilton has a new acting video out. But when you said in other news, I was hoping we don't now talk about Lewis Hamilton. But did you see that video? What video are you talking about? Okay, so anyway, he got Mercedes AMG to produce his acting video. Which one is this? You have to see it. And Lewis is getting smart, okay? He's getting Mercedes to now sponsor his acting dreams. <laughs> that is a master stroke. He's a paid actor. <laughs> in Formula 1 terms. But but I don't want to give this away but the video is pretty awful. Actually, you know it's good to see Lewis being consistent about that at least, you know, <laughs> bad acting. <laughs> the other consistent aspect of Lewis's life was his bromance with Lauda that's actually going down the hill and it's showing further cracks. Nikki Lauda openly criticized Hamilton for his performance in Baku in fact he used the words not impressed. Ouch not impressed. <laughs> okay I can't stop talking about Lewis Hamilton. So he also said something quite uncharacteristic. He said that 2017 may be Rosberg's year due to all the technical trouble that Lewis is having. Back to the mind games, the endless mind games between the Mercedes drivers. I mean I think Rosberg did himself well by winning in Baku. but uh, lewis also took this opportunity to take a dig at the other drivers who he said were moaning about the baku circuit you know that's what i find a little strange because the one driver who's always moaning about something is lewis hamilton <laughs> you know we i i saw this i saw this cockpit video of how he was you know frantically waving his mercedes engineer to move so that he could wave at Penelope Cruz. <laughs> I okay. saw that too. Maybe he was moaning inside his helmet towards that <laughs> engineer as well. I think we've now officially lost ninety-three point two percent of our listeners. Hamilton, Vinal, this is all your fault now. Hamilton is good and bad for our business. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel. He had a good race to P two. Let's clap for him. He had a good race, and let me say, Ferrari had a good time on the pit wall as well. So last race. the ferrari tire strategy cost him a win and in this race he was 
right when he questioned Ferrari's pit call and he chose not to follow it. I mean, maybe if he had followed it, he would have not finished in P2. And this makes me wonder, Vettel's are you sure message actually came a week too late. <laughs> you know, there's this whole chatter about who's actually running Ferrari as a team. Is it Vettel or is it Arriva Bain? And to my mind, it seems to be Vettel. I mean, mid-race, while he was busy racing other cars, he actually made the team change their pit strategy. And thank God he did. The Vettel's racing performance is brilliant, but that is not the part of him that I'm super impressed by lately. So, Montezemolo said that Bernie's role is being split into three. The part that Sebastian Vettel should get is of being the official Formula One joker. (laughs) (laughs) He is hilarious. Yes, and yet another driver for us to invite on the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Sebastian Vettel, are you listening? The one driver we really should be talking about when we speak about Sebastian Vettel is Sergio Perez. He had a fantastic race in Baku. He finished on the podium again. His second podium appearance in three races. Good job, Checo! He qualified P2 which was very good. He managed to finish P3. I mean, I personally believe that he could have won that race had he actually not taken that gearbox change penalty, which again was his mistake. Sergio Perez overtook Kimi during the last laps of the race. And that was mixed emotions for me, of course. But I am sure Ferrari were keenly watching that overtake, given their you know, rather public interest in Sergio Perez. Yes, which is why I really wonder, will Perez and Vettel make a good partnership? I, I think so. I mean, but at this moment, his two podiums have helped force India cement fifth place in the Constructors' Championship. I'd really love for them to see finish a best ever fourth place in the Constructors' Championships. Although they have some catching up to do. I think Williams are about 31 odd points ahead or something. The Force India is surely Formula 1's best team when it comes to a points per pound statistic. And you know, that's probably an influence of their Indian owners. (laughs) (laughs) While we're talking of their performance, the one thing I would like to highlight is Force India doesn't get any so-called historic payments from Formula 1 to remain competitive. And while we're talking of Force India... The big disaster at this moment for them is Nico Hulkenberg. If you see how talented both the drivers are, and when you see what Checo's done, you just realize that Hulkenberg is somewhere lost somewhere. But in Baku, he probably had a mission accomplished. He was racing in Formula 1 while, you know, the others fought hard for the Lamar Trophy, which is actually his because he's <laughs> a reigning champion. He pledged his loyalty to Formula 1 at the Grand Prix of Europe. Of course, he pledged his loyalty to Bernie Ecclestone. <laughs> Le Mans, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> you clearly are inspired by Bernie Ecclestone's type of humor. <laughs> Imagine getting Bernie on our podcast. Ouch. <laughs> he will make us pay money for using the words F1 in our title. <laughs> Red Bull Racing. They are a terrible race. They finish 7th and 8th. They finish 70 seconds behind the leader. And the car suffered from terrible tyre degradation. I think the circuit characteristics of the Baku City circuit worked against them. And they had, of course, a power deficit to the Renault engine. So the low aerodynamic config really, really hurt the tyres. Ricciardo, though, has extended his Red Bull racing contract. Which is really funny because that means that his Monaco outburst 
was right in the middle of his negotiations. <laughs> but you know, he's right. Despite us, you know, telling him that he should move out and go to another team and leave Red Bull Racing, he is right. He has nowhere else to go. That is true. What could also be true is Ricciardo was probably forced to sign up with Red Bull because maybe there is an inclination from Ferrari to still extend Raikkonen's contract. Mm. Maybe that could be the case. We'll only know. But there is sad news for Carlos Sainz Jr. and Danny Kiebeck. I think they'll have to go looking elsewhere for options. And uh, interestingly though, no driver has been allowed to stay at Toro Rosso for more than two seasons. But at this moment, it seems like Red Bull Racing will have to make an exception. Do not for Kiebeck. <laughs> <laughs> and... Talking of their junior drivers, Sebastian Buemi has been recommended by Red Bull Racing to Renault. You know, which is, I don't know if it's an undercover insult in some way. So, Buemi, you're not good for Red Bull Racing and not good for Toro Rosso as well. But, hey, guess what? You're probably good for the Renault Formula (laughs) 1 team. We've also been hearing about Red Bull Racing forging a sponsorship deal with Heineken. Thank you so much, Heineken, for finally listening to us. Max Verstappen, he is your man to work with. (laughs) So they do listen to our podcast. And uh, they are also, they as in Heineken is also looking out for a second team to tie up with. And I I think, I wonder who they'll, they'll probably select. It has to be Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel seems drunk all the time. Anyway, except when he's driving. (laughs) His humorous press conferences, the seagulls and the birds and all those other pranks. (laughs) I think all of Ferrari seems drunk to me, you know, not just him. They still believe that they are in contention for this year's championship. (laughs) (laughs) We laugh about this every podcast. (laughs) Yeah, consistently... Funny team of the grid, you know. Anyway, the other Italian company we should be talking of is Pirelli. They've extended their contract till 2019. I don't know if that's good or bad, but anyway. We shall find out. Fernando Alonso, we were hoping for great things since he's the supposed ambassador of the Baku circuit. And he's been a race fixer in the past. He didn't really... (laughs) You know, make use of that, this race. But not so surprisingly, and we again predicted this, he did not finish the race. And this time, at least he had the good sense to not ask, can I stop now? (laughs) Is my race over? Can I park in the garage? (laughs) But you know what? I have finally figured out why Fernando Alonso wanted to stop last race in Canada. And that is... So, you know, Heineken, they've been going crazy with their if you drink, don't drive slogan campaign, right? Yes, yes, of course. So, Alonso probably figured that he'd rather choose the drink over the drive, the McLaren Honda drive. (laughs) And so, he wanted to stop driving. So simple. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, McLaren seems to be slow about every single thing they do, including announcing the driver lineup for 2017. I don't know when they're going to do that. Their drivers are only getting older, they should remember. <laughs> Flavio Briatore took the blame for Alonso's move to McLaren. And Briatore called it a luxury retirement. Burn! <laughs> <laughs> and the Ron Dennis-led McLaren jumped on that statement and signed on a luxury brand as a lifestyle partner within 24 hours. Wow! <laughs> and the last thing we would really want to talk about 
not so much so for their on track speed but the speed in the pit stop is the williams formula 1 team they did a 1.92 seconds pit stop that was insane yeah, and what i really loved about the pit stop beyond of that poetry in motion of them changing tires is when they released massa and he was you know going out of the pit lane he actually had that head bump saying yes guys you know we did it and <laughs> stuff like that i mean the stuff you notice good <laughs> Next up we have the Red Bull ring in just a week and a half from now. Yeah. I am excited about that. I although wonder and I remember saying this last year as well that will Red Bull ring be called the Mercedes ring given that we are expecting Mercedes <laughs> to win anyway. But if the right Mercedes driver has to win the real Lewis Hamilton needs to stand up. I repeat Will the real Lewis Hamilton please stand up? <laughs> Why don't I have a problem here? What other piece of everyday carry do you own that can deadlift 5,000 pounds? Click belts are made with aircraft grade, lightweight aluminum, mill spec webbing, and sewn in the heart of Texas. Trusted by tens of thousands of first responders, military personnel, and everyday carry users around the world. Click belts still are and always will be the world's strongest belt. Own yours at clickbelts.com. 